0: The Curb Your Enthusiasm season premiere is over, but we're just getting started on the Curb Your Enthusiasm post-show recap, a podcast about something. And now, here are the two guys who just foisted you into listening to a new podcast. I'm Rob Sussman here. Is Akiva Winnicker Akiva, how are you?
1: We might have foisted ourselves, though. I think that's oh, no. possibly what happened. They foisted us into covering another show into covering another show we also like they, we foist ourselves into starting a whole new podcast feed so like now you know we start a new podcast but maybe it's less popular at first so there's a lot of foisting going on <laughs>
0: a lot of foisting going on and as akiva mentioned we just kicked off a new post show recap podcast feed of Curb Your Enthusiasm. You can get that in the iTunes store at postshowrecaps.com slash curb or wherever podcasts are found. You can also uh, leave us some feedback and star ratings, which we greatly appreciate here on the start of a new season. That would be pretty, pretty, pretty good if you could uh, leave us your feedback and reviews uh, in the iTunes store because it helps more people find the show. And if you are new to Akiva and I, we are too idiots who just finished a weekly Seinfeld rewatch uh, three and a half years in the making and now are starting jumping right into the ninth season of Kirby Enthusiasm.
1: Yeah, it's like we just got out of a long term relationship and we we hop back into propose to somebody the next day. Basically, We're, it, was, it was probably dumb, but, you know, it should you know, hopefully uh, we won't regret it.
0: I wouldn't say that we proposed to somebody yet, but we moved in with somebody like right at, after getting out of the marriage.
1: Right. It's we, we, we sort of this as an end day, too, but we're, we're just going from relationship to relationship here.
0: That's right. And so here we are. We have watched the Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 9 premiere foisted, and we're here to talk about it with you, as we will do each Monday after the episode here in Season 9 of Curb Your Enthusiasm. You can also email the show, curb at postshowrecaps.com to get your questions into the show. All right, Keith, big picture. What did you think about the premiere of Season
1: 9? You know, Curb was away for so long. For, for you know six years in a month that you just forget that the at the end of the day is so funny yeah I I like laughed out loud so many times watching this one episode I it's
0: it's great I can't think of another show that could go away for so long and not feel that different from the last time that it was on
1: yeah I mean like shows have gone away comedy shows like family Guy you know came back a few years later and sure, I, that
0: well that's animation right
1: Right. The actors don't have to. Right. Right. The, one of the strange things was like people. Some people did look differently. Right. Like Susie has straight hair. Uh, Richard Lewis looks much older. Lar- Larry's yeah, Richard a
0: Lewis. Yeah. We'll give
1: a frailer. <laughs> yeah.
0: If we We're going to do power rankings of people that age the most from the last time. I, was like, I mean, Richard Lewis looks to be a good foot shorter than Larry at this point.
1: Yeah. Is she is he shrinking? I mean, Larry's shrinking, too. Larry looks pretty frail, not not height wise. But Larry, you know, we see him uh, half naked in the opening scene and he's like right. uh, that was not a great
0: look for Larry <laughs> to open up in the shower. But when he has his clothes on, I mean, we watched the uh, season eight finale recently. I wasn't really like blown away of how different Larry looks from the 2011 episodes.
1: Right. And uh, Richard is older, but by two days. So they should, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They're literally old friends. And Susie, I honestly, I feel like that Susie looked
0: slimmer than the season eight episodes. Yeah.
1: She looks good. I mean, the straight hair. I'm a straight hair guy. I don't know. Like the, the she she looks uh, mm-hmm. she she looks different, but she looks very good. Yeah, I I thought that JB Smoove uh, also looked like uh, that. I thought he
0: aged a little bit also. But uh, again, who who hasn't? Right. It, it has been six years. Like every, you know, the, everyone yeah. should look different. Okay. So, Keeve, I also really enjoyed the uh, first episode. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I'm wondering... Did we get the kickoff to our season nine plot? Is Larry going to be the subject of this fatwa? And will that dominate the season nine action?
1: Yeah, they don't always, you know, drop the, the sort of like through line for the whole season, which we discussed in the in the minisode we did last week that they, you know, pretty much done for the last six years. Uh, they don't always do it in in episode one. But I think, yeah, I think the fatwa is going to be with us the whole way. I think the lesbian relationship. I don't know if it'll be there till episode ten, but I, I definitely don't think we've seen the last of of that relationship. Um, and if I'm gonna make a call, I think that. And also, well, first of all, the assistant thing is going to come back. I don't think I don't. We could be done with the assistant, but I'm not sure. But I also uh, I, I do think that there is a not, there was a little bit of a reference or or just the, the slightest passing you know uh acknowledgement that we're gonna have another storyline this year and i think that cheryl hines and ted danson are gonna get back oh to, no i'm get calling together. that as
0: well yeah i'm on yeah, like, yeah. we're on the same page with that especially where no, no. uh, he's is, he is not it's in?
1: interesting because of course they no. that's one of those rare like hollywood uh paul newman paul newman's wife whose name i'm blanking on Um, relationships where it's like oh my gosh they've been married for like 40 years like Hollywood 10 years is forever and um, they have been married for for you know a zillion years and it's funny that I wonder how that that conversation worked like does Larry call up Ted Danson and say like hey Teddy like can you take off a couple days from the good place to come uh, you know shoot shoot a couple curve episodes by the way like you and Mary are divorced in this world and she's not showing up
0: yeah. Well, we talked about we did a preview podcast, if any. I mean, I don't know if it makes any sense for you to listen to it at this point, if you're already listening to this podcast. But we talked about, you know, a little 20 minute show about how are they going to get Cheryl Hines involved with this season? And the idea that she might be dating one of Larry's friends, I think, might be an interesting way to keep her in the mix with one of these side characters.
1: Yes. Well, so last week, you know, to sort of catch people up on like where we see people last so cheryl they get worse in season six right and then in season seven the whole the whole storyline is larry and cheryl uh larry trying to win cheryl back he casts her in the seinfeld thing and then he almost gets her back and you know she doesn't respect wood and and then and then he loses her Mm -hmm. uh and then and then last season she appears in the premiere and then never again she was only in one episode in season eight Mm -hmm. she did have some show i think going on then so now you know people had wondered and obviously he couldn't he wasn't going to say uh, how she comes back, but yeah, I, I think this might be our entrance into have like multiple episode arc for Cheryl Hines. Okay, go.
0: Well, I think that that would be a very fun uh, storyline. So I guess what we're going to do, and Keith and I, this was the best idea that we had, was we're going to talk through the whole episode because I'll talk through uh, what was working and what wasn't working, and the things that we uh, liked along the way, and we'll just go through everything. And if this is a terrible idea, we'll come up with something new next week, or we won't. And we'll just have a terrible show every week.
1: Yeah, I mean this worked for us before. I think going scene by scene, uh, you know, it won't. We won't be as long as uh, nearly as long as we were with uh, the Seinfeld podcast. But I, you know, I, th- I think that's a way to do it. Otherwise, you end up forgetting to talk about certain things. Okay, so the show opens up
0: a very nice sort of tracking shot of like going into uh, Larry's bathroom. He's singing a spoonful of medicine as he is uh, in the shower trying to get the shampoo open. I feel like that the show has uh, certainly done this with like Larry just by himself being frustrated, trying to like uh, I'm thinking of like the package that he ordered. Was it like a Swiss Army knife? that he ordered that came in the uh, not frustration free packaging
1: mm-hmm. yeah no this is the, yeah this is probably well trodden ground uh is this like i don't know is this is this this is like speak to people like my my shower issues i don't know yeah i mean you don't have this right you have good Keith, vision family
0: what? podcast family <laughs> podcast my,
1: my, my shower issues because i you know if because i don't wear glasses i don't wear contacts and i, I wear glasses but i don't wear them in the shower obviously I'm blind. Like, I end up putting on, like, kids shampoo or, like, body washes. You know, like, shampoo is body wash or soap. You know, I I mess up a lot. So, uh, like, opening things is the least of my problems. I have to open them and, like, know what they are.
0: Yeah. No, I definitely had the thing where Larry is trying to uh, get the thing the pump to start to work i've also had like when they put like that seal on something and you ever try like you can't get like a fingernail underneath like the metal seal to open something like shampoo
1: yeah and you don't even know like hey is there like another thing because this opens straight or is there like a like a second step
0: right and then you just start stabbing it with different implements
1: Right. Well, also, if you live alone, like Larry sort of does, um, you know, it's fine to just like break your soap thing and just use it as basically like, a you know, an open bottle like he ha- has in the end. Keith now this was
0: a very uh, pretty shot to open the night but there's really no sort of ramifications that come out of this Uh, Larry doesn't strain his wrist or slip in the shower or anything like that I mean we do come full circle where at the end of the episode Susie punches him in the face when he's in the shower did you feel like that that was enough of a reason just to to come back to it to have this be the opening thing in the episode
1: yeah you know it's a cold open. Open, basically it's not connected to the rest of the episode other than as you said you know it starts and ends in, with him in the shower
0: okay so we see then larry heading into uh, jeff's office and he ends up getting into one of the many arguments that he would get into on the night with a woman named betty and Betty, that Larry presumed, I, I thought they knew each other. They, they seem to be, you know, when he like just like gets into like these big arguments with people. I think some of you assume that he has had like a prior relationship, but she appeared to be a stranger. Right. Even though Jeff and Susie knew her.
1: Oh, yeah. He's she, yeah. She's definitely a stranger.
0: Okay, and Larry did not hold
1: the door open for her. He did not think that Betty would want to have the door held open for her. Yeah, I mean this is a real thing, right? Like you see someone coming, and it's awkward. Like, you, what if you make eye contact with someone? You know, when I lived in a New York City building, to so make eye contact with someone, you're like twenty feet ahead of them. So you could either like very quickly run in and swing the door, or you could wait for them. And then the second problem, which Larry doesn't experience here which is always connected to it is like all right you know that they are 18 paces behind you yeah you didn't open the door cuz like you don't they're not you know maybe they haven't turned the corner yet or something yeah now like the, the the elevator's there now you have to like hold the elevator for them and then in my from my experience of 10 years living in, in a Manhattan building anytime you do that they'll be like oh hold on then they'll like check their mail then they are like oh wait, <laughs> one second <laughs> Like you've never you a hundred percent of the time you will regret holding the door for somebody. Now, do you get offended when somebody does not hold the door or uh, hold Hodor for you? No, of course not. I, I because, you know, now it works the other way, too. Like now I don't have to hold the door for you. Yeah, but I, it's it's you know, there's a lot of politics. I, I definitely agree with his equation, like, you know, how much you want the door. like a little old lady you hold the door for you know, like a strapping young man, you don't have to hold the door for, but also like distance is obviously involved.
0: Yes, that's the equation. The trickier thing is a door that you need the key for or that you need the uh, like sort of like type in the access code. And, you know, you and I talked about this in the Seinfeld rewatch where uh, Jerry has uh, the guy who also has a bird that passes away. Seinfeld spoiler. And we uh that jerry uh doesn't want to let him into the building that's a tricky spot
1: yeah trickier Um, right also like you have you know you have a security thing where it's like well they, they don't live here then am i letting someone in who's gonna like murder people i don't know
0: yeah OK, We're surprised that Larry just came out and told Betty that part of the reason why he didn't hold the door for her was because that he assumed that she was a lesbian and did not want to have the door held for her.
1: Right. I like the idea that Larry is not woke at all in this episode. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that Larry
0: feels like he's so woke that he can – like there's no politically correct thing that he feels like that he needs to say. He Like where other people would dance around the subject, I feel like that Larry will just, you know, speak frankly about any given subject. That's yeah, taboo. He just,
1: right. He's like in old man mode and will just say whatever's on his mind.
0: yeah. And, you know, uh,
1: Betty does have a pretty frank discussion with him. Uh, Yeah, frank like uh, Frank Costanza. (laughs) Okay. I mean, (laughs) like, you know, Larry, a little old fashioned Larry here. So uh, we see Larry go and talk to Jeff
0: about how he's been working on uh, Fatwa. Am I pronouncing that right, Keeve?
1: Yeah, you got it. Okay. It is a Salman Rushdie musical, not Sal Bass. No, not Sal Bass. Yeah, the, the Salmon Rush, the musical. You know, you know what I thought of when, when the, the, you know, uh, this starts to, you know, they start to, like, explain what the set, what the, you know, the Fatwa musical is. And so you sort of think, like, oh, this is going to be the storyline this season. Like, Larry's going to try and pull off a Fatwa musical in New York because, A, we've already done a mu- musical season, right, with the producers. Right. And, B, we just spent last season in New York. So it felt very... Uh like this is gonna be redundant and then, you know, obviously there's a twist when you know, when you find out the fight was against Larry and, and also not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, the musical, the producers happens to be like a dark comedy, and this is almost like the same thing of taking something that is not a funny subject and then making a musical about it.
1: Yeah, it would have been too similar, but now you know, they, they zigged when we thought they would uh they zagged yeah. when we thought they would zig, I guess.
0: So Susie comes in and I do like when Susie calls Larry la la like that's yeah, not an abbreviation la- for Larry.
1: No. Yeah. But it's such like a such like a Long Island lady thing to do. Right. <laughs> Just say like a two, you know, I, I like we could see like our moms, or our aunts probably calling somebody. <laughs> and
0: she says she sees everything on broadway that's not a good idea uh larry gets very offended and i mean for us i think that we're always supposed to side with larry right i mean that to have i mean Susie has got to be correct about this nobody wants to go see a fatwa musical
1: right even if larry david did do it i mean is larry always right you're supposed to root for larry over Susie, but like larry's wrong a lot right he Larry's not right when like when he just calls out people where he should clearly leave it alone. But yeah, you're right. Susie is obviously right here.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think that we're supposed to be led to believe at least Larry's opinions on the arts are probably more correct than the other
1: characters in this universe, right? Yes, but he in this episode he seems to be especially wrong a bunch of times. <laughs>
0: Okay, Um, we find out that uh, Jeff and Susie's daughter, Sammy, is getting married to a veteran. Uh, Larry comes right out and says, hey, how do you know he doesn't have the PTSD?
1: Yeah, right. And then Larry sort of like, uh, you know, like miming the PTSD (laughs) stuff was pretty great, too.
0: You don't know. You don't know when it's going to come up. Uh, Jeff is getting a haircut in the office.
1: Keep, would you want a haircut in your office? No, it's weird, right? I, the, the thing about it is I, you want to take a shower, I think, pretty soon after haircut. Like the hair just tracks everywhere. They really haven't like, you know, they, they, the barbers have that thing. But at the end of the day. There's, you know, there's hair all over your neck when you're done with it. Why would you want that in your office? Yeah. Adam Carolla does like the
0: rich guy, poor guy. And I'm pretty sure that he's done a uh, rich guy, poor guy of getting your haircut at your house. Uh, That's something that really rich people do and really poor people do. And yeah, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want that, especially
1: inside. At least Larry is outside when he gets his haircut from Betty. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't like leaving my house. But uh, but I also don't want a haircut in my house, you know. Just like I don't want it to work. I'll pass on that. And so Betty comes through and it turns
0: out that she is uh, Jeff's stylist and then also
1: a friend of Susie. Right. Susie, very proud to have a lesbian friend.
0: Yeah. Did you feel like that? I mean, Larry called her out. Oh, look at you. You're so proud that you have a lesbian friend. I mean, Susie did sort of just throw that out there. I did feel like why do you have
1: to mention that she's a lesbian?
0: Yeah, no need for that. If she was really Susie's close friend, she wouldn't have said that. No, I agree. She's I was Team brain. Larry on that one, yeah. Okay, so we go back to Larry's office. I also I like that Larry has a producer's poster up in his office. I'm not sure if that had been up in previous seasons.
1: Yeah, I have never noticed it before, but I, can't, I caught it also.
0: And we meet Larry's assistant, and uh, she uh, shares a name with your wife, correct? Well, yeah, my wife
1: spells it with an E, but yeah, this is Mara.
0: OK, so here is Mara and uh, we find out that she has been out from
1: work for a couple of days dealing with constipation, Keith. Yeah, I do love like, you know, if they were sitting around in a proverbial writer's room, like trying to decide, uh, you know, what the funniest thing to like just miss two days of like work, you know, w- without being excused. I-, I do think they nailed it. I think constipation is a pretty funny one.
0: I suspect that there was somebody who's in the writing process, either whether it was Larry or somebody else who helps come up with the ideas for the show... There was an actual person that was out sick from work because of constipation. Or they worked
1: with somebody at some point that missed because of constipation.
0: Right. And somebody wrote that down in a notebook and here it comes. And, you know, look, that can be a frustrating process, surely.
1: But, But I don't think in the history of the world anyone's ever like called their boss and said hey like they're constipated they're not coming into work
0: (laughs) well i'm sure somebody has i'm sure that you know if this is here somebody yes in the history of humanity somebody has done this right i
1: do think like we could make a list of like what are the you know five funniest things that you could sort of call into work uh sick for that they would be super annoyed about
0: yeah and so she is trying to tell larry oh you wouldn't have wanted me here if i came in and she's going to tough it out. And I do like Larry's lack of sympathy for Mara talking about her issues.
1: Right. Because Larry frequently has like, you know, an, a sort of an, uh, maybe an inappropriate lack of sympathy. But here, like how much sympathy does constipation require? Certainly yeah. less than a dead bird.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess Larry's lack of sympathy is probably the, one of the central issues of this episode. I guess probably the series if we really want to think about it. Yeah.
1: No, uh, he's not a very sympathetic guy. But how, how are you going to be sympathetic here?
0: Yeah. Now, Keeve, I was a little confused because Mara comes through and she walks with a cane and that's not really set up in any way. And I was thinking, like, is she so constipated that it has caused her to walk with a cane?
1: Right. It's like, how quickly can they bring it up if she's in the room? So they sort of have to, like, mansplain it later. But you don't <laughs> know in the first... In the, the first couple times you see her, why she has the cane. I do write all all these thoughts. cross. I, I probably thought that and said, nah, but it is a funny idea that yeah. she's like so constipated that she like can't even walk.
0: Yeah. So she tells Larry that Richard Lewis called and his parakeet died. And so... Larry is going to text about the death of the bird and you know this is something I guess uh, is a similar storyline I guess the 2017 version of one of the storylines that we were dealing with in the Seinfeld finale of Elaine making a cell phone call to uh, interrogate about a sick relative Uh, this is Larry texting about a dead pet instead of making the customary phone call which I'm not even. sure if that's the case
1: right this is 19 years later it's just an updated version the text versus the cell phone call yes was larry insensitive here to richard lewis in this episode well so we don't know what he says when he says i'm just going to text larry if he said hey so sorry about your bird you know let's have lunch next week i think that's totally fine yes the problem is he made the joke the actual text message (laughs) okay good news is i'm still alive that's not so appropriate yeah
0: Larry needs his pen refilled, and this seems like uh, something else that Mara is going to struggle with. I mean, uh, this is like a very random task to have
1: somebody work on. Right. But it's just they tried to just make it clear like, oh, she's not just <laughs> yeah. you know, a person who skips work. She also sucks when she's here.
0: Right. OK, so Larry comes home and we get the first appearance of Leon played by J.B. Smoove, and he is a blasting music. We find out that Leon is Lampin. Keeve, how are you at yeah. lamping? Are you more of a Lampin guy
1: or a chillin? Or are you yeah. just boss? There was, a ki- there was a kid in my high school who had like a really detailed explanation. He was like the laziest guy in school. And he had a really detailed explanation for the difference between like chilling, relaxing and hanging out. Like, mm-hmm. like he was very adamant that there are three separate things, but it was like important to do all three every day. Um, and uh, yeah, so lamping is, I guess, like the fourth on the Mount Rushmore of, of, of relaxing, like chilling, relaxing, hanging out and lamping. I've heard of glamping. Do you know about glamping? Yeah, glamping is when you go camping in a glamorous way. That's glamping. Right. But that's not yeah. what
0: I mean. I guess that in a way that Leon was glamping in Larry's
1: Beach House. Right, in the beach has just packed. But that's yeah. not yeah, that's that you know, he he you could lamp while you glamp, but I don't think he's glamping right now. Right.
0: Now, did you understand when it's appropriate to use lamping versus chilling or is it just that lamping is the updated version of
1: chilling? I think it's just the cool word for chilling now.
0: Yeah, I looked up "lampin" on the Urban Dictionary. Uh, "Lampin" is to just chill back and relax while being totally unproductive.
1: Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Okay,
0: so that's. Uh, I guess if you're, it's almost like chillax is lampin. It's like you're chilling and relaxing when you're lamping.
1: Yeah, it's a higher degree of chilling. I could I could get along with that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so
0: Larry tells Leon about his assistant was constipated, and Leon is besides himself. That he uh, and he goes on to list a number of things that he has done while being constipated, including shooting a
1: porno. Right, that's he, they play it so well that he mentions. He says shoot a porno. He <laughs> says uh, something, and then need a hot dog contest. Yeah. And and, and I, 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 he, like, he went through it so quickly. And then you're thinking, wait, did he say shoot a porno? And then like LD speaks for the audience and says, wait. But then Leon says, yeah. And then like it's never really discussed. Right. It would be <laughs> funny if in like episode four, like Larry stumbles across it. I do wonder if that's the last we've seen of this, you know, porn. Oh, you think this could be like Chekhov's porno? I don't I don't think it is, but I think it would be funny if it if if that's what it ends up happening.
0: Yeah. I get the hot dog eating contest. That, to me, sometimes the answer to the problem is just uh, more input. Right. I don't know. It's a it's dangerous really game. With, it's a I dangerous game. You know, you could, you, you could just like, uh, you know, it's like if you have a, a, you know, a toilet that's clogged and you just keep flushing it, you know, the water is going to overflow. But also sometimes then, this, you know, the gravity of all the water ends up just taking care of the clog
1: yeah which may have
0: first. come from you know somebody uh you know who was constipated who then entered a hot dog contest uh using the bathroom before you
1: right yeah i'm not sure <laughs> okay right so i like that she's incompetent that she has so she has the limp or you know she has the the, the cane um And uh, but that's not all that's wrong with her, right? No, she also has a
0: number of, you know, unfortunate issues. You know, she has the limp. She also had an issue where uh, there was some uh, sexual misconduct with her uncle. I don't know if, uh, you know, there was some abuse there that ultimately led to her with the cane. But she has a lot of sad sack stories. Well, that's a crazy leap you just made. Well, I don't know. I don't know what I mean. We don't know what happened here, Keith. Right. We don't know what the I'm not saying that that's my theory. I'm saying, but who knows? Right.
1: But even bring it up. That's almost like that's a lot. I don't know. I'm not I don't know if that's I don't know if, you know, I would say that's like a 30 to one shot that they're connected. I mean, look,
0: that's uh, a lot better odds (laughs) than the Jets were getting to win the Super Bowl. And they're two and two.
1: Yeah, that's true. Okay, so it's (laughs) possible. We'll we'll stay tuned for future episodes. We don't know if Mara, if uh, that's Carrie Brownstein, right, if she's going to be in. Future episodes. Do you have any Carrie Brownstein experience from uh, from other shows like Portlandia? No, I don't. You're right. I think she's uh, she was originally like a uh, in Sleater Kinney. So she's okay. originally a rock star that's become an actress.
0: OK, no, I have not. I had not seen her before in anything. Like, Betty, I had, uh, I, I feel like that she, like, I've seen her before in things, but nothing that I really knew her from. Uh, Nassim Padra, I actually, you know, of course, knew from Saturday Night Live, but no, I did not
1: know uh, Mara from anything. Right, and and speaking of guest stars, it does seem like this is going to be a guest star-heavy episode. Sure. Uh, a season, rather, um, but uh, Andy Buckley, right, that's David Wallace from The Office, is the FBI agent. Mm-hmm, yeah. So
0: lots of uh, familiar faces, I think, that we're going to see. I mean, I think Brian Cranston is coming up in uh, season nine as well. I'm not playing Brian Cranston. So I think that a lot of people wanted to be a part of the ninth season of Curb. So Leon ends up talking about how, you know, when Larry's talking about she was so highly recommended, can't you see what happened uh, that uh, Jimmy Kimmel got rid of her? Right. You I got like how foisted.
1: Norm- normally larry would be mad at somebody who foist, but maybe it's because jimmy kimmel is like you know a, a celebrity but i i like how he just kind of respects the voice he's not mad at kimmel at all yeah game respects game yeah game respects foisting. and game respects foisting and that's true in the foisting yeah. community they you know they they would be they would appreciate that
0: yeah he foisted her on you and larry got foisted he's like yeah it, it all makes sense and he's like uh leon you're a genius.
1: Yeah, no, Leon is, is really on, on point here. That is uh, that is true.
0: Keeve, have you ever foisted a person on someone else or been foisted? Yes, I, ha- yeah.
1: I actually have. Yes. I, I was thinking about this today and I'm like, Rob's going to ask me if I've ever foisted. Who have I foisted? Um, when I went abroad for the year, I was supposed to room with this guy. Um, we were, uh, most of the people who we were abroad with were all going back to the same college. And then I decided I was going to stay for a second year. But the, my roommate, we'd already like, you know, booked that we were rooming together. So if you if I canceled without you know, hooking him up with somebody, he would have just had to go like potluck, which is, you know, it's the type of school where you like usually know your roommate. It's rare that you just go uh, blind. Yeah. And uh, and I set up two people that I did not think would like each other. Mm-hmm. I kind of forced because I felt bad. I didn't want that, you know, like I, I so I, I sort of foisted two people on each other. Okay. And they work? like, all right, they're both nice guys. No, no, it did not work. Yeah. Not good. It really did not work. So, But that was a big foist. Have you ever foisted anybody?
0: Well, I'm sure that I could think of a few examples, but I feel like that. Anytime that somebody calls you up as a job reference, and you know, I have had people that have put me down as a job reference, anybody that I am talking to who's asking me questions, I am 100% foisting that person onto some new employer. Right. That I am like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. They're great. Great. Like, uh, why, why aren't they working with you? Oh, ah. Uh. You know what? It's just like are uh, we were just like ships uh, crossing in the night I was, you know my schedule. I would have loved to I would love to have done it, but yeah, but they, but they are great for you. make no mistake.:
1: Yeah, I already have too much help as is, but I bet they be, uh, they'd be great to, to really help you
0: right because if anybody is you know comfortable enough with a person to put them down as a job reference that person will be foisting for them you know nobody is calling a reference and it's like hey what was it like working with kiev it's like oh akiva oh that guy's the worst do not hire him trust me what about
1: the reverse foist, where you don't want to lose the person so you sort of sabotage them it's like in the nfl draft like oh we want that guy to follow us in the sixth round let's start a rumor that like uh you know, he like, you well, know, this person is the, stupid uh, for putting shelter. their
0: current boss as a reference.
1: Right. 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 The reference, the reference thing is like, if you, if you, ha- if you can't even get a good reference from your employer or like whoever you were sort of hand picking and deciding like, that's your reference, then you really suck.
0: <laughs> right. All right. So Larry ultimately lets Betty give him a haircut. Now, I was surprised that Larry did this. He's already had, uh, you know, ill will with Betty. Why is he letting her give him a haircut? Or does he feel like how bad could she screw it up?
1: Right. They they left on good terms at the, at, at the end of Jeff's office. But I do think that you're sort of bracing for like her accidentally stabbing him. And then like is it an intentional stab with the scissors or accidental, you know?
0: See, my mind didn't go towards stabbing. I was just thinking bad haircut, Keeve. But yeah, I guess yeah, that, for sure. you, that you're was the a more violent photo. guy.
1: Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, it's realistic like that for him to like accidentally get pricked with the scissor. And then it's like, did you do that on purpose? No. And then you sort of it's sort of ambiguous whether he did it or not. But I did think about the bad haircut idea. The problem with the bad haircut is he doesn't have that much hair. So it would be hard to really like demonstrate how bad his haircut is. Yeah.
0: Now, we are starting to get some conversation from Betty about uh, her upcoming nuptials to Numa. And we find out that Betty is going to be the bride in the wedding. And to Larry, he does not feel like that this is the right way to go. Larry thinks that Betty would be a much better groom and Numa, played by Nassim Padrad would be better as the bride. And he's actually very vocal about this. And Leon comes through. And he also said that Betty is uh, a goddamn groom. So they're very vocal about this idea. Now, Keeve, I am not lucky enough to have been to a lesbian wedding yet. Mm. Uh, right. You know, none of my lesbian friends have go invited to special
1: weddings because no. you don't get invited to a lot of weddings. Yeah. No, but mm-hmm.
0: I was under the impression that it is not customary for, you know, there to be a specific
1: bride and a groom. Right. I don't think there is either. I think in some relationships, they they maybe have more traditional, you know, like only one is wearing a wedding dress. Obviously, in some some weddings, both are. Um, But I I can't imagine the words bride and groom are used the majority of the time.
0: Yeah. I would love to know uh, from uh, one of our many lesbian podcast listeners if they could tell us uh, whether or not Kirby Enthusiasm got this right here.
1: Yeah, we are curious. I, I would I would like to know the percentages of like By curious how, about this. Right. That's right. right. How, how often do you use bride and groom? How often is it very clearly <laughs> delineated curious. at the wedding? Who, you know, sort of who who would take on a more traditional masculine role versus, you know, I imagine most of the time they just, you know, ditch that sort of thing altogether. The, before you even see the picture on her phone of Numa, you know that she's going to be like, a, you know, a traditional, like attractive lady. Yeah. So, Like, you know, like, oh, she's going to be, you know, she's going to be the one that Larry would think would be the bride.
0: Okay, Keeve, we see Betty charges Larry $150 for this haircut. We never hmm.
1: find out
0: why Betty charges yeah. Larry double what she charges Jeff. Do you think that does Jeff get some sort of a friend of Betty discount or has Larry between not holding the door and then telling betty that she should be the groom has as larry somehow offended betty to the point where she has jacked up the prices on him
1: yeah, it's a good question right is it right is it the 75 for everyone but larry gets 150 or is it 150 for everyone but jeff gets the friends and family i'm guessing everyone gets the 75 and and ld uh, maybe maybe because just like it could be location also maybe larry's further away from where she normally goes that it could be a travel time thing the 150
0: could it be the thing where, you know, if the regular haircut's 175 and Betty says, "This guy's got so much Seinfeld syndication money, I'm going to double my price to could go." Be. And then if he if he balks, then I'll say, "All right, how about 75?"
1: Right. Yeah, could be for
0: sure. Yeah. How much money does Larry give her? I think he gives her 150. He had 150 just I mean he he doesn't really seem to like go through his wallet. He just like hands her like a stack of bills.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, like, he didn't short her. That would have come up, right?
0: But what? Larry just had like, what? $200 in cash in his pocket? He had $150 Maybe. exactly. He
1: didn't tip Does her? Is he tip her? Maybe he gives you her got to tip the oh, no, no.
0: person that comes to your house and cuts your hair. What do you tip nah, on a $150 should...
1: haircut? Oh, I mean, if it's a $150 haircut, that should be it. That should include the tip. That should include the tip? No. Well, I, mean, I, you can't I don't give know. 200 Is 10 you know, too little?
0: Can you give 160 if... If somebody is sort of like the sole proprietor that is cutting your hair, do you need to tip them? on top of that because I feel like right. that the idea of much like a waitress you know uh, or a waiter like they're sort of like being paid like a small amount hourly and then they're working for tips but if it's sort of like their business they're keeping all $150 right. that's there it's not like there's parts and labor that were involved in your haircut uh, unless you're getting like some sort of like a color or styling product so mm. I don't know if you would I, I, my gut is that you would I would have to ask
1: my wife on this it's a good question yeah if you uh if you have ever worked in a hair salon let us know uh, what what the deal is here okay all right so we see larry
0: end up going to the pam uh fundraiser people against mutilation uh, and uh here is the return of uh cheryl and uh first off that larry does not like the name pam
1: are you uh as uh, against pam as larry is i mean it's just a weird acronym it's like what is it pam is a lot of different things it's a lady's name it's the spray i I don't love the name pam i don't think it's terrible I mean, I don't I think people it's remember bad. it like it's crazy that it's available, right? It's a good name to be available. So maybe that as it has that going for them.
0: Yeah, uh, it's not as bad as uh, what Susie is going to be uh, naming her company uh, Soaps yeah, On. That's not as bad. bad. That's the worst. Um, So Cheryl explains no, he's people against mutilation and uh, it has to deal with genital mutilation and uh, they're very focused on the clitoris. And Larry says nobody is more focused than he is. And I just really like the look that Cheryl gives him. Like, really?
1: Really, Larry? Really? Cheryl has really been, (laughs) has always been great at sort of like giving Larry the. Like the glare, where like ten percent I like you, ninety percent like I want to cut you with my really, eyes.
0: Really, Larry? Really, we're doing this? Really? Is that you're really saying that?
1: <laughs> so she's only in this one scene, but she's great. Yeah, she is great. It's funny because it, you know, he he gets divorced from Cheryl, uh, in you know the in the same year of his real life where he gets divorced from his wife Lori. Mm-hmm. But in real life, he's got kids. Yeah. Right. Uh, but whereas here, like, there's really no reason for him to have any relationship with Cheryl other than the fact that they've been married for a long time because they don't have children. Mm hmm. Right. So here comes
0: Ted Danson, and we find out that Ted Danson has been separated as we set up. And then uh, Jeff is pulling Larry away, and then we see uh, Ted Danson left alone with Cheryl. And uh, you and I are on the same page that we expect to see more from uh, Ted and Cheryl. Do you want to have a uh, couple name for them? (laughs) Shanson?
1: (laughs) Terrell? Uh, Terrell. We'll, We'll do Terrell. That, that could be their couple name. Okay. But what, what like I found really interesting, one of the more interesting ones of the episode is as Larry's walking away, you see the you know, the not Larry perspective. Remember, usually you're seeing everything from Larry's perspective because it's documentary style. And, you know, he's rarely not in a scene even. Um, and uh, Ted says that's the strangest man on the planet, which mm-hmm. like, of course, but it's weird that like we're getting that acknowledged. Like, it's interesting that everyone else realizes what we realize right. that Larry's such a strange bird.
0: Right. Uh, not like Richard Lewis's Parakeet. Right. It was the dead bird. <laughs> dead bird. Yeah. But I do think that we are starting to see, you know, that, of course, like what are uh, Ted Danson and Cheryl going to bond over of, you know, what a weirdo Larry is. So Jeff tells Larry that all of these producers are in on the fatwa musical. They're very excited. And Larry lets Jeff know hey, how much does Betty charge you for a haircut? She charged me 150
1: Larry is ripped off. Right. And Jeff, even though, you know, ostensibly he's friends with Betty, is on Larry's side and says, oh, you got to deal with this. You have to ask her why. Which, which I guess would lead you to believe that she usually charges 75 and Larry's getting the bonus, not, oh, yeah, I get the friends and family.
0: Yeah. If anything, Jeff has more hair than Larry.
1: It should take twice as long. Yeah. Yeah. The, the baldness even makes less sense that he's getting charged. The
0: most right. Time. Is it possible that maybe Betty cuts... Other people's hair in that building, and that it's less of an inconvenience for her to cut Jeff's hair than it is to go out to wherever Larry lives. I mean, anything's possible. Malibu, that is definitely, wherever. It,
1: yeah, it's definitely uh, not out of the room of possibility.
0: Okay. Richard Lewis is here, tiny Richard Lewis is here, and he is trying to summon, I mean, that is, I always was under the impression that Richard Lewis was like a tall guy, he looked kind of like a lanky person, but he
1: was so mini in this episode. Yeah, we'll have to look, I, I, I didn't really, like, I noticed that he looked was not Larry great.
0: Was Larry, like, standing on a step, and Richard Lewis, I mean, uh, what is Richard, let me look Google this, I mean, I don't want to height shame anybody. No
1: who are we to height shame people
0: yeah uh richard lewis height according to this richard lewis is five nine according okay. to google so that's a, a hollywood five nine that's really okay 5'7". and then also this comes right up you don't need to search for it extra larry david is five eleven. Mm. ted danson is 6 2 cheryl hines is 5 5 larry david ha- like was towering over richard lewis in that scene
1: yeah. All right, so we'll look at we'll see more of uh of the old RL this season. So we'll see if uh, how short he gets. I mean, could Richard Lewis have some sort of like osteoporosis issue I mean, he's 70, 70 yeah. year old shrink sometimes, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's shrinkage. Yep. May, yeah. Maybe was Richard they, Lewis they, in the pool right before he, he shot have the scene. It. He may have been in the pool. He <laughs> <Detrayed. laughs>
0: we find out that the text message that Larry sends to Richard Lewis was something along the lines of, sorry that your bird died. The good news is I'm still alive. Yeah, it's pretty funny. (laughs) And so Richard Lewis is very offended. Richard Lewis to me looked like that he was about to break the entire time that he was fighting with Larry.
1: Oh, so this is worth talking about. There's a lot of breaking in this episode that I don't remember in previous seasons. Cheryl is breaking the whole time they're talking to the point where I, like, noted, I can't believe they used this scene. Yeah. No, like, and – right. is breaking and Ted Danson's breaking. There's yeah. a lot of breaking in this episode. It was one of the only complaints – you know, this episode got a lot of positive reviews. People are so excited the show's back. One of the critiques I saw was like, it's, it's – you know, if, I don't know if you watched Saturday Night Live this week, but there was, like, Ryan Gosling broke about as, as any, about as hard as anyone's ever broken. Like, couldn't even say his lines. He was, like, crying of laughter. Um This was you know this was like that like they were this is not a show where you're supposed to have that they were giggling the whole time it's crazy. Richard Lewis looked like he was about to break, and
0: then he was like, "The the reason why I'm laughing is because of how sad your existence is. That's why I'm laughing." Like he had, like that line was in the show of yeah. trying to cover why he looked like he was about to crack up. There was one scene also where you know that Larry, I think, as he was arguing with Betty, going back to when Susie was in Jeff's office, then Susie, like in the background, looked like yeah. that she yes. was like about to like crack up hysterically, and she. Was yeah, it's like, crazy. She's
1: making like Suzy should never face. Be laughing at Larry. Yeah, yeah. That's that was tricky too. <laughs> yeah, you I know, guess something. One of the to things watch. about having an, an improvised show is that this could be the first time they're doing this, as opposed to like a, you know a show where they're filming something they've already written the script and then they're filming it fifteen you know fifteen different ways to try and get it. Um, it could be the first time they do they do it. It could be the only time they use that sort of like more out there take, and but that's all they have. You know, that's all they have on footage is like they. It's hard to really cut around the laughter. So that's my yeah. guess.
0: It's interesting. You know, I wonder what the reason is, you know, just like in terms of like production that to me that speaks to that they uh, didn't do a lot of takes and that they are using ones like, okay, that was great, but you were breaking or they were just going for the funniest stuff and then just like not worrying about who might have been, uh, you know, almost laughing
1: in the scene. Yeah, if you've noticed in the first eight seasons, a lot of breaking that we missed, let us know. But I really never paid attention to. Maybe it we're never, hyper it never aware because we're yeah. podcasting about it now. Yeah, it's possible. That's possible. Um, and, you know, Larry goes into here in this scene like the types of birds that would be more tragic <laughs> if it was a macaw or a toucan, but a dead parakeet. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, and we have we have you know our, our first uh, you know one of our there's a bunch of Seinfeld references in in here in this episode but uh the uh, the bird said Seinfeld when not Yeah the, when no had, and it didn't Larry say Seinfeld. Seinfeld according to Larry <laughs> OK,
0: so Larry ends up seeing Susie, who is on her way in as Larry is leaving and she has a new company. It has like some sort of like scented soap business. It's called Soaps On. Larry calls her out and says, could you come up with a worse name again? So this is back to Larry is right. Susie's taste is off. She has a dumb name. She thinks it's good. How is she the person to think that Fatwa is bad? but larry thinks it's
1: good yeah i mean i guess we're not so consistent but they could each be right once okay (laughs) i guess it's a 50 50 ball and so Susie needs an assistant and
0: larry has the opportunity to foist mara onto suzy and larry plays this remarkably well ultimately saying yeah you know what i don't know if i could give her up i don't know (laughs) she's too good
1: yeah, I, Larry, <laughs> he really – he does it brilliantly. He the, This whole thing is a master class in foisting.
0: Yeah, he ultimately gets Susie excited. She goes in and he gives us uh, one uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good – is that the only one in this episode, Keeve?
1: Yeah, I, I do like that you could just trade an employee. Like it's never discussed with Mary, hey, you're going to have the same salary. Where are you working? Who's the, what's the right. person's name? He literally, it's you know, it's George Costanza style going to Tyler Chicken. Yeah, to Tyler Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> no chicken alcohol was exchanged in this deal. I mean, Mara's I mean, Mara hates the job, so I guess she's willing to take anything. But <laughs> well, it's not you know, challenging. You assume, yeah, you assume that uh, you know, the pay is the is it's just you know the same. It's just being transferred over to Susie.
0: Okay, so Larry ends up going to Betty's house to confront her over the haircut. To me, this might be the most out there thing in this episode.
1: Yeah, listen, this show, we complain sometimes about the realism level of Seinfeld, but this show is willing to go to crazy places, so it's not – It is the most out there thing in the episode, but it's certainly not the most out there thing in in the (laughs) the series. Less out
0: there than the Ayatollah being mad about Larry's comedy on Jimmy
1: Kimmel. You know, somewhat (laughs) realistic. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But right. The fact that he just goes to their house unannounced and walks in the door is pretty wild. But again, not the craziest thing I've ever seen on the show.
0: Yeah. And so Larry just goes in. He says that the door was ajar here. And so he ends up explaining uh, as we see Betty and Numa are fighting about how this is the guy that said, hey, Betty, you should be the groom and Numa should be the bride.
1: Right. Um, I, I do love the dynamic between the 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 lesbian couple. I love Larry just like entering their home. She's never even, you know, Nassim Pedrad's character's never even met him before. But I I do like in Curve that you're just willing to, like, accept these insane things that, you know, that are happening. Yeah. I mean, to me, though, if Betty also wants to be the
0: groom, if there were, say, two grooms at this wedding, like was either of them arguing, Okay, I want this, but then I also want you to be this. It seemed like they were both saying, no, I want this. I want to be this. Neither wanted to ultimately be the bride. I'm not sure why there wasn't a compromise on the table.
1: Right. And Larry's not a not not exactly a great compromiser. I love when she says, to larry you need a hobby and then larry goes into like a long monologue <laughs> Butterfly find
0: <laughs> and she's
1: like i wasn't really
0: expecting you to answer that Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. And ultimately, you know, the thing about Betty being on board with Larry's plan, it almost ends up muddying why she would charge him more for the haircut. Because if she was offended by what he said, that she should be the groom, you would think, okay, that will explain why she is charging $150 to cut his hair. But if she walks away from that conversation with Larry, like, boy, this guy's making a lot of sense. Thanks a lot for that. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you know, normally I charge one fifty, but you know, I appreciate you know the good advice or the what you had to say. Uh, uh, just give me a hundred. Just give me seventy five. So mm-hmm. those two. That if she was ripping him off, it almost is you know at odds with that she would be believing you know his opinion on the matter.
1: Right. Um, I'd also like you know, like by kicking him out here, like you know, he's one of your one fifty clients. That's a big deal right to lose the $150 client when most of your clients are $75 clients
0: probably the bigger priority at the moment was losing the uh her fiance
1: yeah that's fair
0: yeah and so they end up calling off the wedding over this uh, inexplicably
1: there's a lot of passion in this relationship i feel like it's been called off before
0: right do you think that numa and betty will get back together
1: well i think we're gonna see it i think we will see what happens between them i don't think we're I, I, you think we're done with them Well, I don't know. I I get the sense that we are. I I feel like that we are. But what was really
0: inexplicable was why did Numa come to hunt down Larry? She broke off the engagement with Betty. I mean, at that point, what is she mad at Larry for? For suggesting? I think maybe
1: they they make up and then it's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's not your fault. Larry, just the second he entered my world, like things have gone bad. Right. It was that bald
0: a-hole that did this. That's right. Right. Yeah, but I, yeah, we'll not we'll get bald. to that. He's not bald because Betty. <laughs> well, Betty that's what so. one time he had a hate crime and that was spray painted on his.
1: Uh, I, do- front I door. understand famously, but I'm yes. saying Betty claims this episode that he's not bald. <laughs> yes,
0: that's true. That's true. But uh, Numa is a much harsher critic.
1: Uh, yeah, Numa's Numa's a tough character.
0: Yeah. So ultimately, Betty kicks Larry out of the house. Larry goes to his office and he ends up letting Mara know that he has a new job for her working for Susie. I like Larry putting all of her stuff in the box.
1: Yeah. I mean, Mara's they're both rushing to get out of there. It's one of those like a relative comes to your house and says like, oh, you know what? I got a flight. I'm leaving a day early. And you're like, oh, you're like, you know, I'll like carry you. I'll give you a piggyback ride to the airport. You're so excited.
0: Yeah. And so she wants to know if Larry wants to go get a celebratory drink. Uh Larry's like, uh no, no. I <laughs> don't. No. Uh he barely gives her a hug. She's gone. And then Leon shows up, and Leon wants to be
1: Larry's new assistant. Uh yeah. Leon I, I think this is gonna be another one of the subplots for the season. I think that's how yeah. we get Leon involved in a lot of the scenes. That yeah. there, he's gonna be at the office and Leon's gonna be his assistant. It's a good use of Leon. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: so we end up seeing Larry head over to Jimmy Kimmel and Leon is with Larry uh, in the green room. Uh, Leon ends up like walking off with uh, what is that? Crudite? Yeah,
1: with the crudite. He walks out (laughs) of the room with it. And Kimmel seems pretty cool with it
0: so jimmy talks to larry in the green room uh, we find out that larry is just lamping in the green room and they talk about mara and <laughs> larry congratulates jimmy kimmel on foisting mara on him
1: yeah kimmel doesn't protest too much he ad- he admits that he foisted
0: that was a really good foist and you know game respects game on this and he says you know i had to do it marty short <laughs> foisted her on jimmy kimmel
1: <laughs> yeah I, I love it that uh you know, now she's out of the celebrity sort of scene because she went from short to Kimmel to to uh, David to Esmond. So, you know, she's uh, no longer a, uh, n- you know, not a celebrity assistant. Um, the, uh, my other note for the scene was uh, Jimmy Kimmel has the best laugh in the world. What an infectious laugh he has.
0: Yeah, I've never noticed it, but I will uh, go back and check it out. But he did seem tickled
1: with Larry. Yeah, no, he, he liked to be there. Um, and. I think Larry's been on the show pretty recently. Larry really did the rounds as we discussed uh, in the in the preview episode. Like he did the rounds uh way more than normal where it, where it's, you know, he just has his uh, his flunkies go out for him. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, I I like seeing Kimmel here and uh you know, they really filmed on his set and it feels realistic and it's fun.
0: Okay. So Larry says that the whole thing is like a pyramid scheme in terms of uh, foisting Mara onto other people, uh, just like our main man, uh, Bernie. Uh, Bernie uh, We're Bernie bros, Bernie Madoff.
1: Mm-hmm. I was thinking if we would maybe become Bernie Carrick bros, if Bernie Madoff is too controversial. <laughs> We've got to find the right Why,
0: why? Bernie Madoff is controversial?
1: I guess not. I guess there's no controversy, right? He's just like he is what he is. Yeah. Who are some other great Bernies? We could be Bernie Williams bros, but that's you know that's more for no, Yankee fans. no. That I mean, you talk about a controversial Bernie. No, 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 no. See, you're thinking Bernie Williams, the Yankee. I'm thinking about Bernie Williams, the guy who plays like music now, the musician. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway. So, uh, Larry is on the set of Jimmy Kimmel, and I didn't understand why are we seeing so much of Larry's talk show appearance with Jimmy Kimmel. I was like, okay, this is funny, but why are we seeing so much of Larry on the Jimmy Kimmel show?
1: Yeah, it did seem like it was a note or two too long, and we get it after. Also, uh, you know, this episode's 37 minutes. I wonder if they're going to be playing with the format, because usually the episodes are like 29 minutes. I hmm. can't imagine... I think they were just long, and they figured, "Oh, the heck with it! It's the premiere. Let's let's you know keep it long." But I, I, I'd imagine most of these episodes are gonna be thirty minutes. But if you were gonna have to cut down to thirty, obviously you would have cut a bunch here.
0: Yeah. Now, Larry on Jimmy Kimmel in the Curb Your Enthusiasm universe. How is he built? Okay, and now Larry David from
1: the producers yeah. on Broadway. Okay, so here's what doesn't make sense. So in the scene at the Pam. Uh, fundraiser, Jeff Garland says, "Why well, booked you on Kimmel? You got to get out there and talk about the Fatwa musical." Well, the Fatwa yeah. musical doesn't exist, right? It's literally just a script. Right. Imagine if Kimmel had, uh, you know, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson on tonight, and he's like, "Oh, here's the writer from." Uh, well, there I, there will be blood, but I was thinking of the um, right the Sand- yeah. Sandler one. Um, yeah, well, you know, here's the like uh, he's working on something, so we're going to talk to him tonight. Like, yeah, what, there's no project. Like, it's it's just like literally an idea. Is Larry that famous that he can just go on Kimmel and like schmooze with the idea? I guess he is. But, uh, like it's Paul Thomas comedian. Anderson
0: would be like a bigger get. I feel like than Larry David in this universe. I mean, I guess right, I'm, trying, I'm trying to LD think.
1: He's a comedian.
0: Right. So I'm trying to think of somebody like, uh, you know, I feel like that Dan Harmon would be a pretty good guest, but he has like projects that are currently on the air. Like I'm trying to think of, like, right. if, like, if like David Chase went on a
1: talk would, show, like but he's just, not funny. Essentially, it's just a showrunner because <laughs> in the world of curvature Enthusiasm, Larry's never really started anything. Right. He was going right. to, you know, he was going to maybe appear in the uh, in the in the sign. You know, so he I guess like Seinfeld came back. So maybe it's even more in the zeitgeist in the fake curb world uh, than it is maybe maybe yeah okay but now it's th- now that's been seven years or eight years since that aired right um yeah i just don't know how like remember we didn't know who larry was like maybe he's his the name, third guest right but they let him yeah, go on right. for a really long time <laughs> right he could be instead of the comic but right it's a long scene although maybe they don't air at all maybe it's just because we're just looking in the room
0: Yeah. okay. so Larry ends up going into work and Leon is already there working. And Jeff calls up and says, turn on the news. Every single channel is covering this news story. Uh, Here's Larry on Jimmy Kimmel and Lawrence O'Donnell ends up reporting that the Ayatollah is asking for uh, a fatwa against Larry David.
1: Yeah, I like this scene also because there's crazy yelling in the background between Susie and Mara that we sort of like don't mm-hmm. get into other than it's just a background scene. Like we didn't have time for another scene of this. We're already at 37 minutes. Yeah. so it's just going to be in the background of them like going at each other. But I like that she's already incompetent and like halfway out the door.
0: And I think what was especially brilliant about this I did not see this coming and uh, you know even when we're watching Larry on Jimmy Kimmel I, I went out of my way not to know a lot about season 9 of Curb Enthusiasm yes, coming into this and uh, this was a twist that I did not see uh, coming in this episode that the fatwa was going to be against Larry David and Larry's reactions to everything that the Ayatollah is saying of I'll say I'm sorry uh, the Ayatollah says even if Larry David should convert to Islam then and we will still come after him
1: right i did right anything he said they're like nope we got i I like larry david like you just get a couple words that they're saying like larry david from seinfeld um yeah i do i I like the Ayatollah bits i think this is this was really funny and i i agree with you i had no idea that he was gonna get fouled
0: yeah okay So they end up going to the FBI and trying to talk about this. The FBI tells Larry not
1: to worry. Right. And I love the Garland part was like, what about the friends of FATWA? He's like, oh, fatwa by association. Yeah. 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 FBI Uh, is wholly unconcerned with the FATWA. They have bigger problems. I mean, you'd think they'd at least like, uh, you know, they gave they gave Larry like a a meeting here. Like, like they have to care a little bit. Yeah.
0: I mean, I was surprised by the end of the episode that Larry's just at his house by himself, where even somebody like Susie could get in and punch him in the face.
1: Right. Yeah. Not a lot of security. I think that's sort of one of the one of the points here. He's in trouble.
0: Yeah. So Larry ends up going into disguise. I saw you post in the 32 fans Facebook group that you thought that he was a doppelganger for Bill Simmons dad.
1: Uh, you're mixing up me with uh, Chester. Oh,
0: sorry. To- apologize about that. <laughs> yeah. To give credit where credit is due, I could yeah. not pick out Bill Simmons' dad from a lineup, but I guess Chester is. He does look familiar. like him now yeah.
1: that he, when he side to side of the picture, you could see in the 30 seconds <laughs> they do look a lot. I, I do I do know what Simmons' dad looks like because you know he's he's been a character in Simmons' comms for so many years. Then eventually, years later, he posted a picture, and it was like, oh, he doesn't look anything like what he sounds like. Yeah, because he's got the funky mustache. He's got like longer hair. They do look a lot alike.
0: I would have gone with former United Nations ambassador
1: John Bolton. Yeah, well, Bolton is is sort of like anyone who has a mustache gets compared to Bolton.
0: Yeah. So now we've been super positive about the episode here, Keeve. I'll say that on the night, I feel like that this was the worst scene of the night. Larry in the disguise with Richard Lewis with yeah. Numa coming to search for him.
1: Yeah, a little stupid. I don't I don't agree. I, I don't disagree. I think uh, it's been we're we're pitching a no waiter basically till now. And this is a little silly.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a disaster. It doesn't not ruin the
1: episode.
0: But, no. you, you know, Richard Lewis and, and, you know, uh you know, trying to out Larry Day. David with the I mean that Richard Lewis, from what we know about him as a character, if there was a fatwa against Larry David, uh, Richard yeah, Lewis is not is, is, it, is yeah, he's no. not gonna be within a hundred miles of Larry David.
1: You know, Larry crawling here, like the show tries to be realistic sometimes, like it's too cartoony, Larry crawling, you know, around the restaurant and then not getting noticed by, by Nassim Petrad.
0: Yeah, Numa. that why is she looking for Larry? I mean, it really wasn't his fault. She was the one that said, even if if he put the bug in Betty's ear of she should be a bride and Betty should be the husband, then, I mean, who cares if he gave her that idea, you know, uh, that she's the one that broke off the engagement. If Betty was looking for him, I feel like that that would make more sense of like, you idiot, you rude, screwed up everything. Why'd you have to tell me to do that? And now now I mean, but Numa is the one that called off the engagement. So it didn't make any sense that she was the one angry at Larry.
1: Do you think Numa got bullied a lot in elementary school? Why? For having the name Numa? Yeah, because when the Numa Numa guy was popular, do you think like it was <laughs> no, bad? I don't think so. <laughs> no, no
0: all right and then in the final scene of the episode uh larry is in the shower that something is coming sort of shades of psycho here and it's Susie
1: who you know kicks the door open and punches larry in the face uh yeah Uh, again it's a little again this is cartoony but it does wrap up the episode uh would suzy really do this listen it's a silly show yeah. I, it, this was not something that
0: I thought was implausible.
1: No, okay. I like it because you think it's going to be Numa and they and again, they zag when when you think they're going to zig. OK, uh, I like it. Kiev does
0: the yeah. fatwa continue on for the rest of the season? And if so, oh, no what no
1: turns question. could this take? Yeah, I don't know. Like, is he going to really like go into a witness protection program? Is he going to have to move to a new house? Is he going to have to get security? Like, are, is, is every episode going to be like someone coming after him? It, you, know, there's, you know, there's endless possibilities. Alan Seppenwald did say that they didn't they the only episode he'd seen besides the premiere is episode five, which is a bottle episode. I think that's uh, the um, it, it's not connected to the, the storyline. It's, you know, it's self-contained. Okay. Um, so I do think maybe for, you know, for episodes two to ten minus episode five, we may see like, a, you know, some real uh, straight storylines. OK. Keeve, is there anything else you want to say about the season premiere before we check in with our mailbag? Well, let's give some grades. Okay. All right. Let's give out grades to what? The episode? Well, we'll grade the episode on a a zero to 10 scale. Okay. Uh, And do you want to grade the storyline so far? Let's grade the storylines. Sometimes it's a little hard
0: to untangle one from the other, but uh, we will do our best. Okay. So let's come up with our storyline grades for, okay, Larry Foistang Mara.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's an A+. I think foisting, like, it's a word we're going to be using for the next 10 years, foisting.
0: Yes, uh, I agree that you make a good point. I feel like I'll just give it an A. Uh, I, I love the idea of her calling in sick to work for being constipated. Um, but uh, A-plus is a little bit transcendent, and I'll say it was just an right, A. it's not transcendent. It's
1: just funny. I agree. I agree. All right, uh, then we have uh, the Fatwa storyline. Yeah, I mean, this is again, this is what it appears to be, just sort of uh, the beginning of a longer storyline. I'll give it the same minus. I, I, I think, came out of nowhere. It was really cool, and I'm excited to see where it goes.
0: Yeah, I'll give it an A. That I did not see it coming, and uh, I was very pleased that this was the direction that they decided to go. Okay, what about l- the
1: Larry Betty Numa triangle? The lesbian wedding yeah, I think wedding this is an original line. take. He, he ruins the wedding i I would like to see more of them, so I think that's a strong sort of endorsement in their favor right that i like you don't think we will, but i I'd like to so I'm going to give this an a two I, I I like that scene. Uh, you know, we don't love the scene with Noom at the end, but yeah, I'll, I'll give that a pass. I, this is an A also to no me. No passes here,
0: Keeve. Uh, I feel like that the, uh, the ending of the story didn't make sense. And we don't know why Betty charged Larry extra for the haircut. I'm giving this a B minus. OK. All right. Some tough love, but that's fine. Tough love on the lesbian
1: wedding storyline. What about Richard Lewis? Yeah, I, I mean, not much, not much of a storyline. Not much of a parakeet. OK, that's fine you know i'll say na for the parakeet or the other one i was thinking of is uh leon as his assistant chester said he was watching this with dr jen and they laughed so hard they started crying and they had to like pause the show and then they watched it again and like the same thing happened what what in in, particular uh the scene where uh the the first time richard says like right after mara leaves and they do the box hug which i don't think we we discussed where like larry won't hug her and she wants to go out to drinks with him and he's like nah uh and then and then uh leon says he'll be the assistant and uh the phone call rings and he and he said and like you think ooh, for a second like leon is being responsible and then he says like you know like, what's up, mother, like, yeah, who, who the <laughs> f is this yeah something yeah, yeah, like that so.
0: okay wow i mean uh, uh chester and dr jen uh i'll have what yeah. they're having
1: yeah no that, that may that might be the case but yeah <laughs> um Uh, yeah that was very funny and uh leon leon is you know leon is a is a rocket yeah he's great yeah okay
0: so leon is larry's assistant uh i think it's inspired a good idea to use leon i'll give that an a
1: yeah well i'll give an a too but you know we'll see where it goes should be good
0: okay Uh, i'll give richard lewis a d i think there was enough there to qualify it also i know you give it an a anything else
1: that's enough of a storyline to be able to get a letter grade I don't think so. Not. I don't think you know the I, the Mar- I guess the Mara stuff. I like. No, that. No, uh, I think uh, that that's the uh, the foisting. Right. That's the foisting. Um. And then from zero to ten, what grade do you give this episode? And you could go to decimals.
0: <laughs> well, I won't get into fractional scoring here. I will say that on a scale of one to ten, I think uh, this the premiere was an eight.
1: Yeah, I'm going fractional scoring. I'm going eight point two. Uh, I think it was great. <laughs> Is it a classic? Well, I'm going fractional scoring. How could you give an 8.2 to any? I mean, it's, it's not like an it's ad. an 82 out of a It's like when I was a teacher. Did I give 80s and 90s or did I give 82s? And but an 82 is like, OK, you got this, this these five questions wrong out of 40. Yeah, they got five questions wrong and they got the other <laughs> questions right. And they got an 82, 8.2. It's is it a classic episode? I think definitely not. Is it an above average episode? Probably. I think it's an above average episode.
0: Yeah, it was a long layoff. It delivered. Supersized episode. Uh, people will say foisting forever from now on. So, uh, yeah, very really strong comeback for Larry David and Kirby Enthusiasm. Keith, we have our a few messages uh, sent in to us. Curb at postshowrecaps.com. Uh, no message from Johnny Silvera to kick things off.
1: Yeah, maybe he's not watching Curb with us. If not, <laughs> we had a good run with him. But uh, yeah, not everyone knew the mailbag name yet. There's also the podcast where we where where we mention the thing it hasn't been out for so long, so Uh, Maybe our people are playing catch up, but yeah, that's the the email address is what curb at posterrecaps dot com curb at posterrecaps dot com. Craig from Vancouver has an interesting thought.
0: Says I was surprised that the whole fatwa plot with Nassim Pedrad, who plays Numa, uh, and who is part Iranian, did not have a role in the fatwa storyline. Do you think that Numa is going to have a role in the fatwa out on Larry in future episodes? Uh, That is very interesting to connect the lesbian wedding and the fatwa
1: stories. Yeah, no, it's definitely a good catch. Um, I'd say if Nassim is in another episode, uh, my answer would be very possibly. But you don't think that she's going to be in another episode. So oh, well, I didn't think that. But that's an interesting point as to why that they would elevate Numa at
0: the end of the episode. Right,
1: but Numa. but she's Hello, not Numa. like, you know, uh, if, if you were going to go for like an op- more obvious Iranian, you might go with some like Nassim Pedro. When you think of her, you don't think, oh, she's from Iran, right? You think. She's from SNL, where if you went with like that gold shift, uh, I forget her like her other name, who's like a famous Iranian actress, somebody like, okay, but maybe that maybe they're maybe they're sort of trying to be subtle. I'm not sure. It's a good it's definitely a good question from Craig.
0: Okay, we'll see. Uh, Also, uh, Craig adds, if you watch closely, you can see some Seinfeld references in the episode. The idea of foisting is similar to regifting. I don't know if I'd call that a Seinfeld reference, but uh, maybe a similar plot line. Uh, And the Fatwa play is based on the Fatwa being put on Salman Rushdie. Reminds me of the episode when Kramer thought he saw Salman Rushdie at the health club. That is the episode, uh, The Implant with Sidra. Uh, As I mentioned uh, that, okay, he said his name is Sal Bass. I think that was. Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. What about Garrett? Uh, Garrett says with Jimmy Kimmel appearing on the show, do you think season nine will be a parade of mainstream stars making cameos on the show? Yes. Larry's always had some famous friends, but they're generally B-list-ish actors. What famous people would you like to see? Yeah. Good question. Answer is definitely yes. Not just because the press releases have said it. And I tried not to even like really yeah. make eye contact with the names but but i watched the, the trailer
0: list. for the season uh, you know brian cranston is in there there's gonna be a mm-hmm. lot of
1: uh, like every week is gonna be like the love now is cranston playing a dentist or is he playing <laughs> brian Cranston? <laughs> no uh, i believe he's playing a therapist so he
0: is uh not playing tim Watley or brian cranston or walter white or the dad from malcolm in the
1: middle he's I playing a would completely be new character if the canon of curb was that seinfeld is real
0: but they've already done a season of Curb. <laughs> no, I know. It would Seinfeld, be funny it if real. that was the
1: case. If you could just, like, run into, like, Jerry and Kramer on vacation in L.A. And it's not I created Seinfeld, but it's like this is the world they live in. And yeah, then, like, a little Wattley's, too sci-fi. That is a little wacky. Oh, uh, yeah. I think oh, – and in terms of what famous person would I like to see? Is there anyone who you would really uh, get a kick out of seeing? Hmm. I'd like there to be a Trump episode. Yeah, I was wondering, because they filmed this at the beginning of the year. So the Trump <laughs> thing, it definitely happened. I like, do actually, wonder, like, Larry goes to the White House and interacts with Trump. You want Trump. <laughs> and then, like, what? I, I wonder, like, how would they, you know, how, how would they, uh, <laughs> what would they argue about? <laughs> I don't know. Something, something uh, you know, very petty. Very petty. <laughs> um, right? Or, like, Trump goes on and, like, pretends, like, says, like, Larry is... Like I'm going to defend Larry uh, and then like uh, – and, and, and then he says like Larry's uh, my, you know, my good friend and Larry's like, oh, no, this is ruining my, my street friend right. in Hollywood. And, like, uh, yeah, and then he, he insults Trump and then Trump <laughs> is like on board with the fatwa and, like, comes out pro fatwa. one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that could be a Curb storyline where Larry says something that Trump ends up, like, running with, and, like, yes. uh, then like, all of Hollywood turns on Larry as oh, he's uh, seen as, like, this pro-Trump figure. Uh, that would be a very uh, Curb storyline. Uh, Chester writes in to say, of course, uh, Chester, the most prolific emailer in the history of the Seinfeld post-show recap, and also a Akiva's co-host on the 32 Fans podcast, also wrote in to say it's always unfortunate when hollywood perpetuates unhealthy body types larry is way
1: too skinny right the opening scene is disturbing boy what is chester larry's mom yeah no first of all you're on you're perpetuating unhealthy body types larry looks fine he does look a little frail i'll give him that
0: Okay, well, that was a. I think we should applaud Larry for his bold decision to be seen uh, in the shower. Yeah, he knew that was bad naked, but he went for it anyway. He went for it anyway for our enjoyment. Uh, Chester also said, having recently initiated a Curb rewatch, I've noticed one of the things is the Larry and Ted Danson relationship. I think in our memories, they're buddies who always have this push and pull love-hate thing going on. But actually, they're never really friends. From the beginning, Larry likes Mary but dislikes Ted. And Larry and Ted never got along at all. Now, also, Akiva, we talked about uh, Mm. in the Seinfeld poster recap that George Costanza seemed to have an unhealthy obsession with Ted Danson. Yes. Obviously, that uh, part George Costanza was this avatar for Larry David. Does mm-hmm. Larry David hold some sort of like longstanding resentment for Ted Danson?
1: Well, like Cheers was the pre Seinfeld, even though Seinfeld ends up being a lot bigger than Cheers. I do wonder if in Larry's mind, Danson was always the gold standard. Also, when he's talking about like the their buddies who have a push and pull love hate thing going, but they're never really friends. I didn't know if Chester was talking about Larry and Ted or me and Chester.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh and then finally chester says uh, nasim pedrad says she knows larry is in there because she saw his car how does she know what his car looks like also why does he crawl around hiding from her i uh, d- how does she know what his i mean that uh do we assume that larry is still driving a prius we didn't see him driving in the episode
1: right but she, when she left the house she saw the car so she, she right but does he have that car. distinct of a car maybe he has a personalized license plate hmm and what does it say seinfeld because <laughs> the e, there's no yeah. room for it foisted would be a good one <laughs> okay and there you go
0: all right keith well this was a fun uh first curb recap i mean yes. uh it felt a, a little, little longer than we first, sort of yeah.
1: guaranteed it would be
0: right but we you know sort of like set up at the top of the show what do we think and everything of it coming back this was also a, a long 37, yeah 37 38 minute bad. episode so a little bit longer but still clocking in less than we would do a seinfeld
1: episode yeah, this would have been the short of Seinfeld episode since 2014, I think. Okay. Keeve,
0: uh, for the hashtag, we got some options. Uh, we Ooh. have Terrell, but uh, I want to go with hashtag bride curious.
1: Okay, let's do it. Bride Curious is good.
0: (laughs) Hashtag Bride Curious. And so if you uh, enjoyed what you heard here, if you were just checking this out, you'd like to subscribe, of course, you can go to postshowrecaps.com slash Curb. We do appreciate your feedback and star ratings there. Uh, That is uh, most gracious of you here at the start of the new season. And Keeve, if you want to email the show, Curb at postshowrecaps.com. You can follow Keeve on Twitter. He's at Keeve26.
1: I'm at Rob Sisternino. Keith, anything else? No. Next week, we have an episode name. Yes. Um, yeah, it's uh, the pickle something.
0: Yeah, like pickle situation or something, something like, like that. that. So, something Brian, something Something about Brian. <laughs> something. Brian. <laughs> Brian. Um, no, pickle I, Brian. I know. I know. Oh, okay. um, Are you a right, pickle so, guy? Um, I would not say I'm a pickle guy. I like a good pickle. Yeah. But I'm well, not like, oh, obsessed with pickles the pickle gambit pickle gambit there we go i would not have come up with that with that sounds funny it. okay sounds funny pickle's yeah, yeah. a funny word gambit's yeah, a funny word and a funny thing a gambit yeah.
1: is kind of a funny word
0: yeah all right so uh we will see you next time special thanks to scott st pierre for editing the curbing enthusiasm post show recap take care everybody have a good one bye